What's up, everybody? Uh, this is Brandon live from my mother's basement. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, this is the second episode of Two Hip Hop Senseis and a Casual. Um, Gerard, Drew, we all here together. What's up, fellas? What's good? How's it going? Pretty good, man. I'm excited about this week's episode. Um, so I know we're working actually on a theme song, and I thought of a fun fact. Uh, did you guys know that Kid from Kid and Play actually wrote the theme song for Martin? I did. The TV show? You did. did. Yeah. Well, I heard him on um, Vlad TV speak, speak yeah. about that. So. Yeah, I went down a YouTube uh, wormhole a little bit, so I'll have to step my game up next week for my fun fact. But, Drew, did you know that? I'm not a big Martin guy, so no. <laughs> not a big Martin. All right, all right. Well, I, wow. I, I hit you with a fun it's fact. It's getting spicy know. early in here. <laughs> <laughs> I was more Seinfeld, which growing up, so. That was the comparison back then is Martin versus Seinfeld for different cultural generations. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I have to say Alexis has had me listening to Seinfeld or watching Seinfeld rather, and it's actually better than I thought. And we'll talk uh, a little bit more about nothing but layered jokes and I love it. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit more about Seinfeld later in the episode, actually, in a relating topic. But Oh yeah. Yeah, Ooh, we, we, yeah. we have we have an exciting show. Um, first thing I want to talk about, though, is actually uh, Versus. So Timberland on uh, Swiss Beats. So Versus, actually. Um, the deal explained that they have allocated a portion um, of their equity in Triller Versus. Um, combined company to all 43 creatives who perform uh, on Versus to date. So I think that's really dope. Um, I actually never heard of Triller, to be completely honest, before uh, this deal. Uh, but apparently it's the competitor with TikTok. So um, this is huge. I'm curious as to know, or I'm curious about you guys' thoughts rather on this deal. Um, I've seen kind of, I've seen people excited about it. Mostly, um, you know, all the other artists are more like concerts, you know, down the line. But I've actually seen a lot of people saying they sold out too. So I'm just curious about you guys' thoughts and if you can see it, how it can be considered uh, them selling out. But yeah, Gerard, I'll start with you and then we can go to Drew. Um, I, I thought it was a great deal. You know, um, Timberland and, and Swiss started versus just off the strength because of the pandemic. You know, they didn't put they didn't put no money into it. It was just, you know, to entertain people while everybody was at home. So anything they made off of the off of this deal was just straight up profit. You know what I'm saying? And the fact that they brought people along and gave them equity in a company that's evaluated at a billion dollars is that's excellent as well, because they didn't have to do that. So like for people who said they sold out, I mean, you can't sell out without a buyer. You know what I'm saying? Somebody has to buy in. So, like, you know, you can't yeah. sell out. Like, it's nothing to sell out. And um, I got a personal opinion. Like, I think as a creator, whatever you create is not your own. It's meant to be shared to the world. So, like, I don't think you should, like, hold something, like, as close to you and not share it to other people. So, like, this was a great business decision. I don't think any business decision is... Like, I think there's only two business decisions, a good one and a bad one. And this was a good business. So I liked it. Yeah. So, uh, Drew, I'll give you a chance to elaborate on your thoughts. But I just wanted to say this is a good reminder when it comes to, like, timing and blessings, right? So I remember Teddy, Teddy Riley uh, before his verses where he was going to compete against uh, Babyface and stating that basically he didn't want to get involved without getting paid. People was like, you know. Oh, he's tripping. You know, you shouldn't want to get paid because at the time or throughout the the verses, like everything was free. There was no charging or nothing associated with money when it came to the verses. So right. 
if he hadn't have did it, essentially he would have missed out on being involved in this deal where, again, he gets, you know, to be a stakeholder in this uh, business exchange. So I just wanted to, you know, point that out. And it's kind of funny how that all worked out. But Drew, to you, uh, I know you have an interesting viewpoint when it comes to versus. So let's see what your, your thoughts are. I shouldn't have told you guys any of my notes before this and just let all the fire unleash right here. But versus <laughs> is the most whack thing I've ever seen in my life, dude. Wow. Like, <laughs> you know how I feel. It's like uh, the first one that I ever saw uh, being advertised was the uh, Manny Fresh versus Scott Storch one. Mm-hmm. So. I think it was like right during the pandemic, like right when quarantine hit. So my girlfriend and I were home the first night and we were like, oh, let's see what this is all about. So we flipped it on and I'm just watching the worst audio I've ever heard in my life coming out of my phone. And I'm, then I'm watching a washed up Scott Storage and a washed up Manny Fresh, like arguing at each other, like doing verbal insults at each other. Like this isn't the high school hallways right now. Like, <laughs> this, is just, this is just two grown men just like ripping each other apart. Like he was ripping Scott Storch for like all the cocaine he's done in his life. <laughs> like, bro. Dang, that, dude. Yeah, that one I was didn't bad. watch that one. Man, it was right. I mean, maybe that set the bar for me for not liking verses. Yeah. Because then the next one I watched after that, I checked in for the uh, Nelly and Ludacris one. And man, mm. that was the most cringy thing I've ever seen in my life. It was just. Bad audio, the the whole stream kept lagging half the time. And you'd see like I think it I think it was Nelly's audio was the worst one in that one. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say the so like the cringing for that was kind of one sided because like you said, Nelly was struggling and claimed it was due to like a heavy storm that came through St. Louis, but Ludacris had no problems and was playing his songs and then it would go to be uh Nelly's turn and he would, you know, be struggling. So that plays such a big part. I feel like if one person has the competitive advantage of having clear audio and not having to stop, like it's hard not to root for Ludacris in that situation. So I fully agree. That definitely was cringy. To so- me, man, it just feels like a sellout in a way. Like a, it's, it's, it felt like a gimmick. And I don't know. I just, I'm not a fan of them. And what I was talking to my girlfriend about the other day, like you don't see these goats and hip hop doing these versus battles. It's all like, I don't want to call them like washed up right now, but they kind of are to us. Like Nelly and Ludacris, I I saw Nelly in concert a couple of years ago, and it was it was fire. But I'm not trying to see his greatest hits like coming through my phone and horrible audio. You know? Yeah, I, I get just, the, I get the audio part. The only thing I disagree with is like calling them washed up is you know that's that's pretty fucked up. Because at the end of the day, this is a different generation. You know what I'm saying? So. What you know about Nelly, these kids probably don't know. You know what oh, I'm saying? They got a TikTok challenge going on using Hot In Here. And I'm pretty sure these niggas didn't know who who really um, originated that song. So the thing with verses that I like is that you're, first of all, these artists, they can't perform in concert. So you get to perform your music online and maybe versus someone else. The audio thing is a great um, point. But, you know, they share, share their music to the world and it might... um their streaming numbers go up by like hundreds of percent because most people aren't familiar. Like, Oh, these are songs that these artists made, whether they wrote it, whether they produced it, you know what I'm saying? Or songs that, you know, if you weren't in that generation, you didn't know of. So I thought that was a good idea. I don't see that as gimmicky. So I feel like I agree with both of you. Right. I feel like one of my biggest complaints when it came to verses was like having more recent artists or artists that are like, you know, more uh, today's age, but like 
Gerard mentioned, like a lot of those artists are looking to capitalize off of how popular they are now. Whereas versus you're not going to get paid for that, where for older artists, like Gerard mentioned, you're going to get those streams afterwards. So that's the only thing I wish I could have seen is more current day artists participating in it. But overall, I, I really enjoyed it because we had to think back like during quarantine. I mean, a lot of stuff was looking kind of, you know, dark and, you know, uncertain. So to have music be something that, you know, certain streams had over 400,000 people watching at the same time, being able to talk about stuff. So it was a silver lining to me during the pandemic to be able to enjoy some of those. But to Drew's point, uh, there were some that was cringy. So I see both you guys aside. And I, yeah. I, I'm glad that both you guys brought up that information to the table. Yeah. What were, uh, like, between you guys watched them more than I do. What were your favorite ones? Uh, I'll start real quick with one of my favorite was Teddy Riley versus Babyface. Um, it took a few tries. They had to reschedule it, actually, because of problems to get it right. But it had a lot of old school hits. And one thing that I liked taking away from that was knowing, um, or not knowing, rather, like, Babyface wrote uh, Tevin Campbell's Can We Talk. Like, I had no idea before that versus, like, some of the acts that they were associated with. Um, when it came to like Whitney Houston, Michael Jackson, I know some of them said that they worked with between the two. So it was real dope seeing that. So that was one of my favorites. Yeah, one of my favorites was um Jonte Austin versus Neo. So like if you like unfamiliar with like um R and B and writers and songwriters, you wouldn't know that Jonte Austin wrote a lot for Aaliyah. Um he wrote a lot for um you know, in the so-so death camp and stuff like that. So to see his records being put up against Neo, who we know was a, a significant writer, that was cool to see them going back and forth. Yeah. And then the second one that I had in the last one for me was the DMX versus Snoop. Yeah. Um, I, in a way, I guess you could call them semi watch, but also more so DMX and Snoop because Snoop has been around the game. Like he, he's just never going anywhere in my opinion, but that was super nostalgic. Um, that was the first time I've seen DMX, like, outside of tabloid headlines for being in and out of jail and then becoming a preacher. But to see him having fun, completely different now. He, he even jokes, like, not taking his shirt off like he used to back in the day because he's got a belly now. Right. So that was funny to hear him say. But the one thing about that versus that I didn't like, I felt like Snoop uh, took it way too easy on DMX. Like, he was playing some songs throughout his 20 tracks and Gerard, we were talking before they started yeah. to do theirs. I thought it was going to be a blowout, but then Snoop came out and he played some hits, but then there was other songs where it's like, bro, why are you playing that? Like what, what, yeah. what was your thought process behind the 20 songs? Snoop has way more than 20 hits, but he chose to not play certain hits and play some trash instead. So I think that hurt him and made it way more fair than it was supposed to be. A lot of his, if you look at his albums, you'll see some mega hits on there, mm -hmm. but then you'll see like, these B sides to the albums that like were hit songs, but never really blew up to like their full potential. Right. Like, uh, uh, loose and control on, uh, on, uh, what's the cup? What's the, the last meal album? Last meal. Yeah. Did he play that one? No. See hit song. Yeah. <laughs> hit song. Yeah. Uh, uh, he didn't play wrong idea. And I wrong thought idea, that was a classic. Yeah. Um, See? but yeah, that was one of my favorites too. DMX and Snoop. Um, and like we talked about this before, like I'm a huge DMX fan. So I knew the Arsenal DMX was coming with. I thought Snoop was going to win too, but I also knew that Snoop was probably going to like, 
he was going to try to stay in the same realm as DMX. You know, like he was going to, DMX was going to play a gangster song. Snoop was going to play a gangster song. Yeah. I didn't think Snoop's was going to be able to be as aggressive as DMX's. So, like, that's why I thought, like, once DMX started, like, really, like, letting letting the chopper go, I thought Snoop, like, dwindled down a little bit and it became more even than it had to be. But it was a great versus because, like, whether you know it or not, DMX looked up to Snoop. Like, that's one of his favorite rappers. So, like, to see them both show love to one another, that was that was dope to me. My like my overall thing now about the verses is like I get the I get what you guys are saying about like a live concert during like a dark time, but for me, I can't get hype watching like kind of choppy audio through my phone. You know, yeah, there's something about like minimalizing the artist on your phone to where you can't really be there in person just to see like how grand everything is with all the people and. You know, just the reaction. Yeah. When they was put um did versus, I think the verses that they did together, like DMX and Snoop, uh, Bounty Killer and Beanie Man, Jeezy and Gucci Mane, uh, Keisha Cole and uh, Monica, those ones were different because they they were in the same room and the audio was not you know messed up. So you got a better performance. Like those ones were better. See, like, yeah. they gave it a third chance, and the third one I checked out was the Jeezy and Gucci one, and I, I like, I turned it off after like five minutes. I was like, "This is just cringy, man." Really? Like, oh, you tripping? You, man, you they, missed out. That was it, a good one, bro. It, the audio for that one for me, it was like sitting in the back of a club trying to hear the DJ perform up front. Like, <laughs> I don't know, man. It was just, I, I couldn't get into any of them. Wow, that was one of the most meme worthy versus if not the most out of yeah. all of them like i'm glad you guys brought that up because i remember watching that and and before well for one gucci said he wasn't going to do a versus at all like the versus wasn't brown then he did a complete 180 and agreed to do it and it was like wait are they really because everybody that knows gucci and jeezy knows that they hate each other and it actually led to you know one of the homies of jeezy being killed so it was like well this literally is life and death situation where the bees got real so i didn't see it happening but then it did, it was like, well, is Gucci going to perform, you know, a song where he talks about, you know, actually killing Jeezy's homeboy? He's like, nah, you can't do that person. And then he did it. It literally talked about smoking on Pokey Low. And like during the show to Jeezy's face, that was one of the most savage moments I've ever seen. I'm a huge Gucci fan. We're going to talk about Gucci a little later, but it was nostalgic hearing some of Gucci's songs from back in the day that I used to listen to when I could first start driving. Uh, but Jeezy actually showed like, that could have went downhill quick, right? It's like a, a person that's not as, as uh, comfortable within himself and, you know, move past and heal. Having a person talk about killing one of your homies and not escalating the situation takes a lot of praise because uh, that could have went south quick and who knows what could have happened. But I really did enjoy that. And to see them at the end of the day, dap each other up, say, you know, the past is the past and they're going to move forward. Like, so icy together. Yeah. <laughs> which hadn't been done since basically the song came out because right. they beefed about based on what i read apparently they beefed because uh the song was supposed to be on jeezy's album but i guess they ended up not doing it gucci put it on one of his albums and then had like a concert where jeezy was supposed to perform but jeezy basically didn't where gucci took that as disrespect however jeezy apparently was that was having problems with uh he had like surgery or something on his throat and yeah. couldn't make it. But, you know, miscommunication led to this long beef that never really should have happened. So it was nice to see all that come together with the dapping up and performing, like you said, so icy together. 
Yeah. And I'm sure both their streams went crazy after that because, man, that was that was great to see. I loved yeah. every bit of it. I think, Drew, you missed out on that one, bro. Like, yeah, that was said. a good one. That was and a good one. <laughs> so the last topic we'll talk about with Versus, I want to ask you guys. Um, Drew, I know you don't like Versus, but hopefully you could think of a combination you would have liked to see. So I'm going to ask both of you, what was, what was the Versus that you would have liked to see? would have been a dream Versus matchup? And I'll start. For me, it would have been Pharrell versus someone like Kanye. I don't yeah. think people truly understand the scope of Pharrell's reach when it comes to producing. So I say that because even I didn't know, and I know I'm the casual of the show, like Pharrell was behind hits when it comes to like Usher, you don't have to call, Britney Spears, I'm a slave for you, Nelly Hot here, Mystical, shake your ass, Gwen Stefani, holla back girl, ODB got your money and Khalees Milkshake. Like, when I think of those songs, I never knew for majority of those that Pharrell was behind it. So that's just a handful of hits that he could have played that he's not really thought of being related to. But then you have his other songs like Beautiful with Snoop, you know, so I feel like that compared with, you know, Kanye, who I think he can compete really well with Pharrell, but I don't see anyone beating Pharrell because Kanye has hits, obviously, but that was just crazy to me. So, Drew, I'll start with you. Will be a versus that you could think of that you would really like to see. The one that uh, I kept seeing like hinted around, uh, just like him alone, was Eminem. But I would have loved to have seen him versus Jay Z. That's the one I would have watched mm. from start to finish, just because they did that like they did that New York and Comerica concert uh, a while ago now, and it would have been cool like if if in that concert they were kind of battling back and forth during that with tracks, you know? Yeah, that'd be the one I'd watch, but. I don't know. I'm just still not the biggest fan of them. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Drew? Well, I love confrontation, so I want to see 50 Cent and Ja Rule. So that would have been you talking about Jeezy and Gucci. Like, nah, 50 Cent and Ja Rule, they would have fought. It, it would have happened. There would that 100 percent, 100. It definitely would have been a fight. Yeah. <laughs> they hate each other to this day, man. So that would have been a dope one to see. But yeah, so. We, we we discussed verses, and one thing I want to talk about, I actually posted it on Facebook, um, favorite mixtapes of all time. I posted it on Facebook, like I said, and it got a bunch of comments that I didn't expect. Uh, a lot of people, and it's funny to see, um, you know, I said favorites and was expecting one from everybody that commented, but there are certain people that commented with a bunch of mixtapes, and I feel like mixtapes, there's a mixtape for almost every part of your life. But most of my favorite mixtapes, it almost was like I was time traveling, going back and thinking about them. Because we're gonna we're gonna touch upon our list of the favorite mixtapes we have. But looking at the dates of a lot of these, it was like early college or late high school. Mm-hmm. And listening to these, as I'm thinking about it, I went back and listened to a couple. And it's like, man, instantly I like time travel and felt myself back in high school listening to these songs uh, before a football game or in college, listening to these songs, doing homework. So I'm excited to talk about this. So I, I want to ask you guys, are y'all cool with going through like one by one or do y'all want to do, you know, the full list, one person, and then the other one goes, how y'all want to do this? I'm going to leave it open. Oof, let's, uh, I'm down for to go one by one. Like yeah. you guys have the top 10 that you made. I think so I, I have 10. 10. Yeah, I got 10. I don't have 10. So I'll tap out. I have, five so i got five that i'll cover so after my five you guys can just go back to back 
Let's let's, uh, like, let's start at like number ten and work our way to one. I didn't. Okay. I didn't rank mine, so it's uh, just really... that's fair. Okay, so yeah, so I'll just I'll just go one to five. But um, the first one I have on my list is Cushion OJ by Wiz Khalifa, uh, which I went back and saw was in 2010. And doing this list again made me feel super old, man. I cannot believe it's been 11 years since Cushion OJ. Cushion OJ drop. Yeah. Bro, that mixtape like set the bar for Wiz's career pretty much. Yeah. He was kind of like a like a straight backpack rapper at first. And that's like he, that's like to me that 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 mixtape feels like an album, but that's not even my favorite Wiz tape. So yeah, man, I was looking at Wiz's like his discography of like mixtapes, man, and yeah. he's got just hits. For he's me. got so many, but that like that one is fired. It's, it it's is not even my favorite. Like so it was it, it's the thing too, like during this era, like mixtapes were out and people people would compare mixtapes like people's albums at the time yeah mixtapes there was more creative control it sounded like right. so the mixtapes like people would be like man if the, if he released that as an album i would have bought two copies like right <laughs> uh, for me uh detroit was one of them like when uh hall of fame came out by big sean i was so disappointed in that album and then detroit came out i was like man why wasn't this his album like I, he would have blew up from that, you know. Right. So that being said, so, Detroit's not on my list because oh. I like, uh, uh, you know, Big Sean Volume Two when we were in mm. high school. Man, that kind of set the bar for him. Mm, looking at Gerard's mm. face, I don't know. He, he don't seem like he's feeling that way. Uh, what's your next one be? <laughs> so real, real quick, real quick, I'll take a step back because Drew mentioned. Uh, or maybe it was you, Dry. I'm not sure actually who it was, but somebody mentioned Wiz is out or old Cushion OJ not being his best mixtape. Whereas somebody actually commented on my Facebook post and stated uh, Taylor Outerdice. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm get it down eventually, but he had that as his favorite. Then I had a couple other people definitely post that same one. I've never heard that, so now I got that added to my list, and I'll go back and listen to it. And I feel like. That's the fun thing about this show or about music in general. Like anything that anybody recommends that you haven't heard, you can go back and listen to it and be like, damn, that was real good. Now I got to add it to my collection. So that's one for sure that I have. Um, Wiz is one of those artists, though. Like if he dropped the mixtape as his album, his career would have been a lot bigger. Yeah. Because a lot of people criticize his albums. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. That's, that's a great point. Um, Gerard, I have you drop your first one that you have on your list, and then I'll do my second one. Um, Wale more about nothing. So mm. I know um the mixtape about nothing is one of the popular ones, but I, I prefer more about nothing better. Like that was my favorite Wale tape. So was- yeah, actually, I I probably should have went first because you actually stole a little bit of my thunder. But you know we gonna move past that because that's that's the second one I had on my list. And again, another mixtape that was released in 2010. So 2010 was a great a great time for mixtapes, and actually. I remember listening to that one driving down the lodge, man. And just you put on that mixtape and you riding windows down, man, just having a good time. So mm-hmm. that was one. And that's actually when I mentioned Seinfeld, that was probably the first reference of Seinfeld listening to that mixtape and hearing the bits he had before and yeah. after songs and being like, you know what, that, that was actually kind of funny. I might have to look into this show. So. It's funny you mentioned Seinfeld earlier, Drew, because I every time I think of mixtape, you can't not think of Seinfeld. So did a great job with those theories, man. Because then he made the uh, the album about the album. nothing. Album, man, that would like that that put Wale again on the map. Yes, he uh, 
working with Jerry Steinfeld, man, something about that brings out the true artist and Wale, which I love. I love it. That's, yeah. that's the best Wale you're going to hear. Yeah. So then, Drew, I'll go to you since uh, me and Dry had the same uh, mixtape. What's your second one? Uh, so my first was, I, I said it wrong earlier. I said, you know, Big Sean, but it's finally famous. Volume two is my number. Okay, 10. That's different. Yeah. My um, number nine on the list is a uh, big crits. Crit was here. Oh yes. I did like that one. Didn't have it on my list, but I mentioned in the first episode, how I'm a sucker for beats. Big crits beats are amazing dog. So I, I'm a big fan of big crit back in college. People used to say, I remind, I look like I'm, I had no idea who he was, so I looked him up and then ended up listening to him. I'm like, yeah, man, I rock with him. So that's a good one. Gerard, who you got? Um, so the second one I have is Big Sean Detroit because that's the best shine you ever gonna get. Mm-hmm. Like, like that's the best shine you ever gonna get. He is like that's his best work he's he's ever put together is Detroit. Like so I agree. That's dope. Yeah, and it's funny because I, I used to work with the guy, uh my bro Eddie. Shout out to Eddie who listened to the first episode. Gave me some good feedback, but uh, you have people that go to, that went to school with Vic Sean, and, and you be like, "Oh, you went to school with Vic Sean?" And it was like, "Yeah, but going to school with Vic Sean, I mean, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't the Big Sean that he is now then." So he right. talked about he always used to rap and stuff like that. So uh, shout out to my bro Eddie uh, and Big Sean that went to school in Detroit. You know, Sonam, he went to school with uh, Big Sean in middle school. Oh yeah, that's dope. Yeah, Sonam, my homie, man. But the <laughs> third mixtape. Uh, that I have on my list. Most people probably wouldn't have on their top list, but that's okay. So I have Trapavelli 2 by Titty Boy, a.k.a. 2 Chains, which is funny because when he first came out, he he went by Titty Boy, and then as he transitioned to becoming more mainstream, you got 2 Chains. So again, another mixtape in 2010. 2010 was a great year, but the track listing on Trapavelli 2, if you haven't heard it, I highly recommend because again, beats are fire, and that's the, that's probably the best. Like you said with Big Sean, that's the best two chains that you're gonna get right there back in the day. So that's my number three. Oh, my number three is Lil Wayne dedication too. Probably one of the greatest mm. things of all time. Mind <laughs> awesome. uh, my third now, uh, I got the mixtape God Currency with Smokey Robinson. Mm, that's a good one. Which is like he dropped that right after the uh, after the Saints won the Super Bowl. Man, he uh, he's got. If you ever be, I know I can see you already smiling at it because I know you don't <laughs> currency. But like to me, when I found out about like smoking and everything in college, that was like the perfect mixtape at the time to like transition with all those feelings and everything. And uh, Smokey yeah. Robinson, like he's got some monster features on there, like with Nipsey and Wiz. It's funny you mentioned uh, Spitter because. People commented on the Facebook post again with some of his mixtapes that were uh, their favorites, but Currency has always been an artist to me. Like, I can't get over his voice, and I know I'll probably get slandered for that, <laughs> and I'm okay with that, but, like, I just never could get into listening to his music for real. I have certain songs of his that, like, he's featured on um, on my phone, but I'm not I'm not a, a Currency fan. That's but, fair. yeah, I accept I accept all slander for that. So what I'll, say is, that. what I'll say is I'm not a big currency fan, but he makes great projects. So he knows how to put music together. Like I'm, I wouldn't say I'll sit and um, listen to his music all day. But when he drops something, I'm going to take a listen because I know it's well put together. So, Bro, there was a time period, I think it was like 2012, uh, 
maybe it was maybe it's 2011 even he there was a year where he dropped about 24 mixtapes in a calendar year and like at that point i was like okay you're just dropping quantity over quality but if you go back and like dissect some of those mixtapes he's spitting some real bars in there right so like currency like he, he's got his audience too right now he's got the smoking crowd and he never like tried to go outside of his comfort zone really and sell out to like a bigger crowd so I've always respected him for that. I definitely respect that. He has a core. And he does. He caters to that core, for sure. It's funny you mentioned the the quantity over quality because the fourth mixtape that I have is Gucci Mane, the movie from 2008. (laughs) And at one point, Gucci, just like you mentioned with Spitta, was releasing mixtape almost every week to the point where it was like, Man, you could always every week Friday you could always expect that new Gucci Guap drop. But the movie, man, that that was that probably should have actually been an album because that had a lot of hits that people have on their phones from Gucci. Uh, when you think about Bachelor Pad and Shirt Off, like that that definitely should have been an album for Gucci, which he dropped later in two thousand nine, the State vs. Raging Davis. But man, that was always my favorite Gucci project right there in the movie for sure. So my next one is ASAP Rocky Live Love ASAP. There you go. Mm. Yeah. Classic. Classic. You know. That got a few comments on the Facebook post as well. I got number six on my list. I got Chance's Acid Rap, which was the best project to this date that he still dropped. And hmm. I have no idea where his career is going right now. <laughs> people, people hate him right now. I remember no. I was talking to uh, Chris Frank back in the day. I was like, is there a point in time? Because it, it took a long time for his debut album to come out. And I was like, do you think there's a time where like he won't release music and people will give up on Chance? And he told me, he was like, Chance is one of those artists where like he can drop a project and people will love him. Well, after his debut, I went back to him. He was like, man, I hate Chance. Wow. <laughs> I mean, people Dang. still love Chance. I don't think Chance is not the artist where you need his music because he's like a public figure now. Yeah. So, like, he's like, people like him as a nice person and he does other things in the community of Chicago because his album was awful. But, I mean, people still wait for Chance to see what he's going to do. Like, yeah. Yeah. And I will say about Chance, he was another one whose voice I couldn't get over. Uh, but I listened to Coloring Book, which I actually really enjoyed. But I think yeah, that's the only full, yeah, I think that's the only full Chance project I've like listened to from beginning to end. I know he dropped that one album. I don't remember the name, but it like it was a, a picture of a CD with like a bunch of holes in it or something like that that he dropped. Yeah. Y'all know the name? Y'all know which one I'm talking about? A real good day, I think the name of it. Yeah. So I mean the 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 reception for that one was basically that it was trash. I mean based on what I saw, I had no interest in listening to it. But yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because I, I did like Coloring Book, but I didn't. I've never listened to anything else other than that. Coloring Book is considered a mixtape. It so. is, but it got well, like it got Grammy nominations. Yeah, he released that well, on SoundCloud. Well, I will add that to my list as number six. Then, so thank you for that kind sir. Uh, so Drew, did we get, did we get your, I lost the number we're on. Did you get your, I I messed up my order. So I had in order from starting from 10, I had big Sean, big crit currency chance. And my number, uh, six was, uh, ASAP Rockies live love ASAP. Okay. So you did mention that one. So then I'll go with my number five. 
Okay. Um, my number five I had was Little Wayne that uh, Gerard mentioned earlier, but I have Little Wayne in the Drought Three uh, from 2007. Yeah. Uh, that contained personally for me my favorite Wayne song ever, which is "Go Is What I Got," sampling Jay Z and Just Blaze. Show me what you got. Um, we mentioned in the first episode how competition is a big factor when it comes to hip hop. Mm-hmm. I just love the fact that he hopped on a Jay Z song and specifically said, uh, got that sub zero flow, how you want me, Ma, make to get over here like Scorpion, like that <laughs> bar. And he said, When it comes to this recording, I must be LeBron James if he's Jordan. So hop on Jay Z's track, you show him love, say he's the GOAT for some people, Michael Jordan. But then you say, Okay, I'm Brian if you're Michael Jordan and I might have just did this beat better than you did. Like, to me, that's what I love about mixtapes from back in the day, hopping on somebody's beat and perhaps doing a better job than they did on that same beat. Like, I love that, man. Like, that's my favorite part about mixtapes. So, fun fact about that, since you brought it up, Hove heard that, (laughs) reached out to Wayne and said, I see you. That was it. That's all he said. So, that that song made Jay-Z pay attention (laughs) to Lil Wayne. Like, so, like, because it like because he floated on that beat because that is one of Wayne's best like he barred that shit up so like when yes, whole he, that, he was like all right I gotta pay attention to that guy because that guy is coming so oh, I, I never the whole beef man I know you probably know more than I do but I know they did the Mr Carter track together and they did Hello Brooklyn uh, 2.0 but like it was a rat I feel like there's just a huge beef after that oh it's not beef it's like competition you know okay. like. You shooting at the throne and like you know they'll go back and forth and say stuff, but they're really good friends. Like so, it's just like if you competing on a basketball court, like you know Brandon gonna give you twenty, like you try to give him twenty five. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. That's barbecue chicken. That's barbecue <laughs> chicken in the post, boy. Don't get me started. You ain't giving me twenty. I'll tell you that. We only- <laughs> <laughs> so my That's next tape is, and I'm surprised B didn't say this. Because it's technically a mixtape. Is if you're reading this, it's too late. So uh, I love I love that mixtape. I have my reservations about you know the controversy surrounding it, but it is still one of Drake's best uh, projects. So I mean, it, it it got released in stores as an album. Like I bought the CD of it because it's yeah. It, but that it, was later. It was released on uh, SoundCloud first. It's album quality. Yeah, for sure. My uh, uh, my number five wait. on the list. Or do you want to talk about Drake? I know you do, B. Go ahead. <laughs> I do, actually. Before we move forward, I, I just wanted to mention, I was trying to make it a point. Some of the feedback that I got from the first episode is that we went real Drake heavy. <laughs> so my, my goal for this episode was not to mention Drake, so I was going to skate past all his music. But nope. I just want to say, not mentioning Drake is not possible if you're going to discuss hip-hop. So, Gerard... <laughs> Thank you for that, Eddie. I'm sorry. I know you listened to the last one, bro. I tried not to, but you can't not mention the who I perceive the GOAT, man. It's just not possible. Thank you for letting I me forgot that, all dude. about it being a mixtape. I consider it an album. So as I mean, as that's a that's a great one to have on the list. Yes, it uh, is. Go ahead, Drew. New heavyweight right now, number five on my list. I got Travis Scott's Days Before Rodeo. Love it. Man, that set the bar for yeah. like a new generation of rappers, man. Mm-hmm. His sound on that changed the game. So I have a lot of Travis Scott on my phone, but the stuff that I actually thought was mixtape were actually albums. So I couldn't put him on my list because I didn't I never heard the mixtape that you just mentioned, Drew. 
but I'm a big Travis Scott fan. I just got into him uh, a little later when it comes to like rodeo and verse and the trap scene, Brian McKnight. So right. I love Travis Scott, but yeah, he, I, I need to go back and listen to that when I got that on my list too. There be, we, uh, when we always used to chill at my place, Dave would put him on. We always tell him to turn that shit off. So no, he did. Shout out to my bro Dave. Sorry uh, about that, bro. It, it took me a minute, but then I was riding around with Dave, and he was playing them one day. I was like, "Man, this is actually fire!" When you sit down and listen to it. So yeah, man, Travis Scott set the bar with that one. Um, my next one is you know my goat Jay Z. He had a mixtape he dropped when he released the S. Dot Carter's, and it was called the S. Dot Carter Collection. Draw that don't count. It does. <laughs> a mixtape. Okay. <laughs> so these old cassettes you had or something it was, on, <laughs> it was on cd first of all <laughs> so i lied i said i only had five but i actually do have a number six that i see here as i scroll down uh so my number six that i have is nipsey hustles the marathon which again was 2010 mm-hmm. Bro, apparently my I I, I only listened to mixtapes in 2010. This is crazy, well, but man, that that was the only thing being released back then. Bro, like that that was I'm not I know there's a lot of people out there that listen that listened to Nipsey way back in the day. Um, that's probably when I first you know came about hearing Nipsey Hustle, and that's I have a lot of stuff from the marathon on my phone, so that's definitely in my my list. I had to shout out my dog. R.I.P. Nip. I'll go again. My number four on my list, which is probably, I don't know if a lot of people heard it, but XV Zero Heroes. Love X- oh, man. Man, XV had a had a run for about two years, and then he just dropped off the flight. B, if I have to suggest you listen to anything, yep. listen to Zero Heroes. Zero Heroes is Zero a Heroes is amazing. It's amazing. You'll hey. notice one of the songs be uh, one of his songs is with Pusha T. Awesome, it was on a 2K yeah. game. I can't remember. I think it was 2012 or something. But you'll know it if you I'll, hear. It. If people recommend music for me, I'll always go and check it out. So I'll definitely add that to the list because I have never heard that before. That Man, mention, so it's one of the best mixtapes out there ever, ever for sure. All right, so now it's just you two. So you guys can go back and forth just with your last few. So, draw what you got, and then back to so, after you. I think this is my six, my number six. Okay, so we got four left. Perfect. Yeah. The mixtape right. of my high school, like, junior and senior year, Young Jeezy, Trap or Die. Bro. Mm-hmm. Man, man, baby. man <laughs> that that took Detroit over by storm. Like, <laughs> so, like, I promise I'll, I'll listen to that mixtape every day for about a year straight. So, Dry took the suburbs by storm, too. <laughs> <laughs> you remember yeah, being people wearing the snowman shirts and you they got banned from school? Oh, we couldn't, yeah, we couldn't wear those. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's a great point. Being somebody from the suburbs, Drew, uh, I fully agree with that. That is a great point. And I can't believe I actually forgot that was a mixtape, I thought that was the album. So, Great, I think God school had open enrollment, man. So we had like cultures from every city coming around to our school because we were kind of like yeah. in the middle of it. But it was nice, man, because we got introduced to all this good music from like outside of our little community, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it was a great point. That was, I had that. I had XV at number four. My number three is Wale, and it's not it's not the Seinfeld series. I have Back to the Feature for Wale. 
That's a good Which, one. Little story about that. I had my graduation party that day from high school. And uh, Wale was like releasing it as family was coming over. And I was like sitting in my room just waiting for it to drop to download. And my mom was screaming at me to come downstairs. I was like, what are you I went to the concert like the week before and uh like I got my uh hat signed by him, like the DC one, so it's the W for the Nationals and he yeah. just put ALE after it. It's kind of fire. Yeah. But I was a wildlife fan, man. I love that. Yeah. And I think that was um produced by Nike Wonder, right? Yeah, man, dude, that yeah. was a phenomenal mixtape. Yeah. Um, my next one is Meek Mill Dream Chasers. That's you know great. what I'm saying? So that's, that's a good one. Mixtapes. He went on a nice little run with those. Yeah. Uh, so now my top two right now. My number two is the Bar Exam Two by Royce the Five Nine. Nice, I like that. Yeah. I, I just can't say anything else about it. Yeah. Um, my um, my two is the Wiz Khalifa tape. That's my favorite. Is Flight School. Oh, that's so, a great one. Yeah. Mm. I actually haven't heard that one, so I will add that one too to my list. See, that was like the more like backpack rap for Wiz. Yeah. Before he got into like the full smoker phase. So, right. yeah. yeah. I mean, it was, I, with that being said, it's still a great mixtape by him. Uh, number one, and it will always be my number one RIP, is Mac Miller's Faces. I have never heard a mixtape that sounded like an album. I yeah. believe it was 24 tracks long, which we were talking last week about like quality over quantity every single yeah. track 24 tracks is perfect on that like the best wordplay you'll ever hear from a rapper like the best lyrics the best choruses like he even has some dope features on there and that will for sure always be my number one and my last one is b i'm about to give it back to you it's another drizzy so far gone so that's mm. Mm. talk to me bro <laughs> hey. If you wouldn't be where he's at. Yeah. And then I got a couple right. honorable mentions. You know, we already mentioned XV Zero Heroes, so be for sure. Okay. Listen to that. Like, it's one of – I put that in my top musical um, mm-hmm. thing ever. And then Future 56 Nights because it gave us our national anthem, March Madness. So. <laughs> Talk to me. Talk to me. <laughs> Drop. Me and you, we here, bro. We, right, we locked in right now. Bro, I don't know yeah. I forgot. I don't know how I forgot all the futures mixtapes from making this list. Like, no, I was just gonna say my goal for this list was three to five. So, all right. I yeah, I, I man, I'm I almost feel bad that I didn't include future. I got a, a couple honorable mentions. One of them is Rick Ross's "Rich Forever." Uh, I got uh, Jada Kiss the Consignment. Mm. I got. Do you remember that one? Yeah, I, I wouldn't have thought you would pick that one, but I like that right. one. It was a different kind of Jadakiss for me. It wasn't yeah. like that real. He was trying to transition into right. kind of the, uh, yeah. the newer yeah. sound with rappers. Um, the other two I have, I have Two Chains, True Religion. I like that. Uh, too. Mm. The last one is Southern Lights by Donis, which another artist like XV who just had a little run and kind of faded out. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, yeah, that's the topic, B. I'm glad we got to do that. Yeah. I'm I'm happy that you guys provided not only classics that I was familiar with, but also songs that I wasn't familiar with. Because hopefully, if even one person listens to the podcast and you know hears something like, "Oh damn, I need to go check that out," and yeah. does it, like I feel like my goal is accomplished. So 
I got a few projects I'm adding to the list. I'll listen to throughout the week and then I'll, you know, discuss in later episodes about how I viewed it. But overall, I'm really happy with this list that you guys came up with and talking about it, bringing up memories. Like clearly 2010 was just the year for me when it came to mixtapes. So yeah. I love talking about that. That was, that was dope, man. I wanna so we had a view on Zero Heroes from you next week. Ooh. <laughs> okay, hit me yeah. with a little yeah, homework. That one, like you'll you'll uh, you'll hear it. There's some really top features on that album too. Like Kendrick's on that. When Kendrick yeah. was like nothing. Okay, yeah, you, it's, I think, bro, it's I elite. think I can do that. It's elite. Zero Heroes is definitely very good for sure. You know what? I think I'll take y'all both up on that. So we had another thing that we we're gonna mention, but you know what I want to do? I want to save it for next week's episode because the mixtapes, I really want to be able to focus and the listeners to focus on some of the stuff that we provided. Cause I think our next topic can take up quite a bit of time. And I think our sweet spot, we just about hit it. So nice. I'm going to ask both of you, if you guys are okay with it, we'll save this, this topic for next week yeah, and be able to touch on that as well as a couple other things, but give them a teaser. Are... <laughs> okay. So for the teaser, Think of your favorite one-hit wonders. Oof. And Deal. I got some shit to get off my chest because <laughs> it was very disrespectful, okay? I want so. <laughs> to apologize right now for that. But, we, yeah, we could talk about that next week. Yeah. Um, let's leave a people with a, with the cliffhanger of that topic from that particular artist. Like, we could leave off right here just saying, is MC Hammer a one-hit wonder? Yeah, stop right now because I'm starting <laughs> to get mad because he he mentioned that shit. So yeah. <laughs> let's Drew. That is great radio right there. Let's leave it at that. You just gotta, you just gotta dot dot dot. <laughs> <laughs> I love that question. I love the topic even more. I look forward to discussing it next week, fellas. As always, it was great discussing music with both of y'all. Yes, sir. Uh, this is two hip hop senseis and a casual. Uh, tune in next week. And thank you guys for listening. All right. See y'all next week. See you, boys. I probably have just as much future as anybody else on my phone and just completely went over my head. Mm-hmm. I just good, couldn't so. put it over anything else. You know what I'm saying? Like the other 10, I'm like, but I, I love 56 Nights, though. So.